Welcome to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. Your hosts, Danielle Sullivan, National Director at Curriculum Associates, and Sari Liberis, Senior Manager, Marketing Operations at Curriculum Associates, are here to share actionable tips, best practices, and success stories to improve your teaching and drive student learning. Enjoy, and thanks for listening. Hi, everybody. It's Danielle. Hey, everyone. It's Sari. Welcome back to the Extraordinary Educators Podcast. We know there's a lot happening right now, and we hope we can provide you with some insights, tips, and best practices, and breathing room from the critical work you do. We are here to support teaching and learning wherever it is taking place. With us today, we are so excited to have another teacher from the 2022 Extraordinary Educator class, Jessica Medley, who teaches grade eight math at South Girard School in Alabama. So welcome, Jessica. We are so glad you're here, and thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us. We'd love uh, for you to introduce yourself to our listeners, maybe how long you've been teaching. I already said what you teach, maybe a little bit about what you taught before and so on. So welcome. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Um, Thanks for having me. Um, I am Jessica Medley and I teach in Phoenix City in Alabama. Um, I've been teaching for, this is my 10th year, Um, but I've actually taught elementary all the way up until this year. I've taught from kindergarten to fourth grade. Um, I mainly focused my last six years on third and fourth grade math. Uh, So I'm used to math, uh, but then an opportunity came up uh, for me to move to secondary and now I'm teaching eighth grade math. So it's definitely been an adventure and a big change for me. Wow. That is a big change. And during a global pandemic, that is not ever going away. So how did you manage that transition? Tell us more about um, some major differences, even from elementary to middle school and some similarities, I'm sure you found. Uh, yes, definitely both. My biggest fear um, going into it was really the behavior. Like, can I handle eighth grade, eighth grade girls, mostly Um and the different types of demographics that I was, the school I'm moving to has compared to the last school I was working at. Um, it's just a totally different school. It's a Title I school. Um, I'm not teaching any accelerated classes. I'm just teaching regular ed. Um, so I just was really worried about the behavior. Um, so then when I started, I was like, okay, these kids aren't that bad. Like, they're really not. Um, I think it's just different because it's almost like they can control their behavior a little better than the elementary kids. It's like they've kind of learned how you're supposed to act at school at this point. Um, And do I have behavior problems? Of course, but um, it hasn't been as bad as I thought. Um, My biggest struggle this year is just uh, with curriculum, Uh, just the content, not really curriculum, but the content. Um, I knew my third and fourth grade standards backwards and forwards. Um, I knew all the conceptual, I had all the conceptual knowledge. I knew why the why, um, about everything. And now I'm just relearning everything. So I quite frankly feel like a first year teacher again. Um, so that's been crazy, but it's, it's been fun and I'm definitely growing from it. Um, especially with the content and I'm really understanding you know, why in elementary do we do certain things and how it leads to what they're going to be doing in eighth grade. Um, So that's been a really neat experience. 
What are some of the strategies that you relied on when you taught the elementary students that you're taking with you for middle school? Because I think sometimes um, middle school math educators, I was one of them too, uh, but I was a special education teacher. So I was the person pulling the small groups, but I think there's, there's a miss misunderstanding about small group and middle school. So, so maybe let's dig in there and clarify that for our middle school educators who are listening and elementary school educators, all educators. Yes. So I started uh, when I taught kindergarten about right before I had my first child. So when I, seven years ago um, and that year I taught with someone who started implementing something called quick checks, um, which are just quick formative assessments uh, about the standard that you're working on that day. Um, as either a ticket out the door or I actually, it evolved for me into something a little different um, as I started growing in my teaching strategies. Um, So I've been doing those forever. And then the way I changed it was um, instead of giving it at the end of class, I gave it like after the instruction or the exploration or whatever we were doing that day just before they started their assignments and practice. So that way I kind of knew like who's got it, who doesn't, because I, my biggest fear is kids um, practicing incorrectly. Um, I hate like at the end of the day, Oh, I'm grading these papers and this kid had them all wrong. And I had no idea because they're quiet and they don't ask questions and I just didn't catch it. They fell through the crack that day. So with the formative assessments, um, I really can see right away what, what they're lacking. Um, and I mean, I do these quite frequently, uh, in elementary, I did them like every day, just about like a little quick check just to see how they were doing. Um, and then I would differentiate based on that. So when I moved to secondary, um, I started doing the same thing because that's what I knew. Um, and so when I started pulling these small groups, the administrators and all the teachers were like, what are you doing? Like, why, why are you pulling these groups? Um, which of course the special ed teachers were actually very appreciative because I have a huge special ed population as well. Um, so, uh, it's just, it is something that I've been implementing and it worked. Um, it still works in middle school, just like it worked in elementary. Now the time constraint is a little hard because I only have 52 minutes total. So that's, you know, start to finish 52 minutes. Um, so it's hard to do that every day, but I do try to do it at least, you know, a couple times a week um, and try to pull those small groups as much as I can. Now it's more like a ticket out the door. And then the next day I do the remediation and the differentiation instead of all doing it all the same day. That's a lot. <laughs> it's great. It's great to hear just what you learned worked in elementary, you know, can also apply. I think um, if, if some folks are kind of nervous about doing that or think like it might not be well received by their students in terms of like cons- consistent assessments or quick checks, I'm curious how you roll that out to your students at the beginning of the year or like how you frame it for them about, you know, like, trying their best or, or their, them understanding the importance of the assessment so that you can get that accurate data, especially with eighth graders. So I always just tell them, you know, do the best you can. Um, uh, and I want to see your work. I don't want you to just write down an answer because I need to see, I want to help you. I always phrase it like, this is for me to know what you need help with so that I can get you ready for that quiz, for that test, and that you'll be successful on it. Um, And I try to just make my classroom environment one where 
it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not do well. Uh, a lot of times, especially with my classes, uh, most of the kids don't do well in the quick check and my small group ends up being a big group. And then my small group tables for my high kids and they're working on a, my, my, a handful are working on like, you know, a differentiated activity. And then they know like, okay, it's not just me, but then, you know, when we do have a successful quick check, the kids are like, yeah, like we did good this time. Um, and I mean, do kids all try on it? No, but I just really try to motivate them and let them know. I just want to see their best. I just want to help you. Like, that's what I'm trying to do here. I love that so much. And I love that you just said you're creating an environment where it's okay to make mistakes because that is so critical, especially with middle school. So many middle school students have a lot of unfinished learning and this is like pre pandemic. <laughs> um, there, it's like an iceberg. There's a, it's, it's sometimes hard for educators in middle school to see the amount of unfinished learning that students may have. So you're doing a real time. I love that they're called quick checks and that you're, you're truly adapting your instruction in the moment based on what they need. Like that's, that's, very commendable. It's really hard to do, but it also sounds like you're doing a great job building relationships and helping them feel safe in math, which is also just as important. And I've done like, um, like at PDs, I've like told people about it and everyone says the same thing. Like, that's, how do you do that? And I'm like, why don't you just try it? Like, I just try it. Like, I just encourage all of anyone listening. Like if, if you just want to try something, it's okay if you don't, it doesn't go well the first time or it doesn't work out. Like, I mean, that was me going to eighth grade. I was very terrified. I almost backed out like five times. I loved the school I was working at before. Um, so it had nothing to do with me being unhappy. It's just me wanting to grow and kind of have a change of scenery and really grow my um, content knowledge. Um, but I mean, it's going great. I'm having a great year, even during a pandemic. So just don't be afraid to try stuff because... You never know how to go. Well, that's my next question. Any other advice for educators listening? So I just heard you say, don't be afraid to try stuff. Well, I do have some advice because my students love my classroom because, and they're like, you must've taught kindergarten. That's like, the, <laughs> like you definitely taught kindergarten. I was like, well, I did one year and it was a really bad year, but I did do it. Um, Cause I decorated my room. So like, I know when you, secondary teachers y'all don't want to make it all cutesy but I'm telling you the eighth graders love it like they love it they love I got the sticker station another teacher and I um, both started or actually all four of us that teach math started to do stickers for iReady rewards um, and I mean they love stickers like they're still kids at heart so let's treat them like kids because we need them to stay kids for as long as possible. So decorate your rooms, make them cute so that they feel happy to be here. Like they love coming into my room just because it feels like an elementary classroom, <laughs> basically. Yeah, we can see, I know the listeners can't see, but I, I could tell by your pocket chart and some other things. It's so yeah. true though. Like who doesn't love a sticker? Adults love stickers. When I had to cover for a sixth grade math class, the same thing happened. I brought in my emoji stickers and some people were like, oh, they're not going to like that. They loved it. It's like, you know, just... A little goes a long way. They may act hard at first, like, oh, that's baby stuff, but eventually they'll they'll cave. <laughs> they will cave. 
Oh, I always say eighth graders and kindergartners are literally the same thing. Like something <laughs> like pencils, stickers, like even though they're, they're clearly much bigger, they love it. Absolutely. I even had one today. He hit me, Miss Miller. He hit me. <laughs> so I was like, you sound like a kindergartner. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Even- On that note, Jessica, thank you so much for your time. Unfortunately, it's all the time we have for today, but we really appreciate you providing your insights and tips and um, appreciate you being here. So thanks so much. Wait, can I give a shout out to all my students because they will kill me if I don't give them all a shout out. So first period, third period, fourth period, fifth period, sixth period, seventh period. I love (laughs) y'all. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow along as always on Twitter at Curriculum Masoch and on Instagram at MyIReady and be sure to tag us in your posts so we can see the work you do. If you have feedback about the podcast, it's a topic of interest or want to be a guest, please email extraordinaryeducators at caa.com. Please be sure to subscribe where you listen to podcasts and review an episode if you feel inclined so we can reach more educators. This is about you. We are here for you. So until we meet again, be you, be true, be extraordinary. This podcast is produced by Curriculum Associates and is the copyrighted material and intellectual property of Curriculum Associates.